Hi, everybody. My name is Mike Manning. And I'm Trinity Gregor. And we are your business coaches at Wired to Change. We help you get your business off the ground and up running smoothly so you can enjoy the life of a small business owner. Go to wiredtochange.com to get more information on our programs. You can reach us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wired to change With the number two. There you go. On our show today, Trinity, we are talking about 10 risks that we take in starting a small business. Yes, this is the second in our 10 series. There's a bunch of risks. Some you see, some you don't see. This is true. We're going to start with the first one that always gets people's attention because it's a big shift in your bank account, and that is the risk of abandoning the steady paycheck. (laughs) And in the previous episode, we talked about this. We're we're a fan of the six-month range, knowing you've saved enough money to pay not only your living expenses, the mortgage, the car note, all Mm -hmm. that, you know, all the utilities and everything, but also your business expenses that you're going to have. That you're going to incur. Absolutely. Um, It is scary abandoning a, a steady paycheck. Oh, big time. I personally think that the upside's worth it, but it is, it, it, and it really depends on your circumstances whether or not that's something that, um, and just it's, do your research first mm-hmm. before you jump on the abandoning your steady paycheck bandwagon. It, the last thing that we ever want to see as business coaches are people put themselves into a rick, ridiculous amount of debt because they didn't think something through properly. That's the biggest thing with debt is just the servicing of that debt. You may think, oh, I got a $10,000 loan. It allowed me to do this, this, and this. And then you have to start paying it back at 500 bucks a month, Mm -hmm. whatever it is. And now you've got to come up with $500 more a month just to keep your business open. Right. And you're tacking on interest, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yuck. If you, and again, one of the things we, one of the themes we talk about it's not for small business ownership mm-hmm. is not for everybody. Yes. If you don't like risks, if you don't think you're good enough to do something and don't want to push all your chips into the middle of the table, mm-hmm. probably you you probably could work for a small business, but owning it and being the last line of defense is probably not for you, but you need to know that going in because it's not for everybody. Right. And one of my favorite three-word or three-word one- one-liners, three-worder, yeah. is not right now. So yes. it's, it's totally okay that you want to start a business, but not right now. There's nothing wrong with having an idea yeah. and prepping for it. So, you know, a lot of times people will say, oh, you have this idea. You have to run with it before someone else steals your idea. Mm. No, you don't. Same thing. When people ask me, when's the best time to buy a house? When you're ready. Yeah. When's the best time to sell your house? When you're ready. So is it okay? Yeah, it's totally okay. Not right now is totally okay. In life circumstances, you may have just had a kid. You may have an illness. You may have just mm-hmm. moved. There's all kinds of things going into it that today it's not right, but in nine months it will be. Right. But look at it as that gives you nine more months to plan. To plan. On Planning what is so what important. What you're going to do, and you have to do that. You right. have to plan that. The second risk Um, in starting a small business, number two. So number one was abandoning the steady paycheck. Mm -hmm. Number two is sacrificing your personal capital. So who is it? uh, Oh, dang. I'm horrible at recalling like that. Uh, What's in your wallet? 
Capital One. Capital One. But, but what what funds do you have access to mm-hmm. that are not drastically going to change your lifestyle? Right. And it's only a sacrifice if the business fails. Yes. So that is why planning before you start your business or in your first year or two is so important. Having a plan and following through on that plan is key because then taking a smart like taking your personal capital and investing in your business, if it's going to give you a return, is a brilliant idea. Yes. Taking your personal capital and sinking it into something that is bubbling to the bottom, bad, bad idea. So there's a, and there's a fine line. It's usually better to borrow from yourself Mm-hmm. Then from the bank or somebody, <laughs> it's much cheaper. They'll that loan. If you borrow twenty thousand dollars from a bank or somebody, they're going to call that note one day. But if you borrow it from yourself, the note will be called it, a little easier, a little cheaper. You're not paying ten percent, twelve percent, whatever, right. depending on who you borrow it from. If you and sometimes going back to your point earlier about not right now, you may put a plan together. If I save for a year, if I need ten thousand dollars to start this business and and meet the goals to live for however long you want to live. And you do some, again, simple math. Right. What do I have to save each month to get to that? Then when you get to that 10000 okay, I'm on the run now. Right. I'm ready to go. But you yep. got you got to plan for this stuff. Yep. And as you said earlier and often, you got to put down every expense. Mm-hmm. Extra gas, anything. Extra gas money. Yeah. Um, all of the ancillary business expenses that come up. I mean, I have a list when I'm meeting with a new business owner that we go through that has all of the potential expenses, and then we just go through there and check them all off because most of the time there's about 50% of that list that they're like, I hadn't planned for that. I hadn't thought of that. Oh, you mean I'm going to need... New clothes or new wardrobe, yes, or you know, it's like yes, logo shirts, whatever it is. And people also get the rose-colored glasses on when they decide to start a business. And I've seen people jump the gun on um, ordering things, or they don't realize how much promotional products are going to cost, or they start investing their money in things that um, aren't a good return on investment for their business because they just, you know. They, were, they didn't know. Most of the time it's not, it's just because they didn't know to do the research. Yes. It's not because they're bad people or they're not smart people. They just didn't know any better. And that is just, oh, breaks my heart because there's people out there that know. Just ask. One of the other things I love is you have to give the impression that you're, as a small business owner, you're doing well. So you go out and buy that BMW and you mm-hmm. got no business buying yeah, BMW. Nope, not. I don't know that I bought anything because somebody drove up in a Toyota or a BMW. Because sometimes a BMW just tells you, man, they got a mountain of debt. Because mm-hmm. they just bought that car instead yep. of buying it. I bought a, my car and paid it off within six months. Exactly. Yes. Don't nice always assume because somebody walks in looking good, walking the walk, talking the talk. that nah, just. But so, you look so good. Why well, I do in my Toyota. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so but what's number three, Mike? Number three is relying on cash flow. About a year and a half ago, and again, depending on who you ask, all, all answers are di- can be different. I was at a seminar, and the guy running the seminar said, what is the number, the most important thing in owning a small business? I raised my hand. He said, what is it? I said, cash flow. 
goes, well, not really. I'm like, hang on a second. It is, if you can't pay your bills, you can't stay open. It doesn't mean you're bringing in money. It just means you have money to pay your bills. Right. Otherwise, you close your door. So mm-hmm. that's why cash flow is always number one for me. Very important because you have to be able to pay your staff. You yeah. have to be able to pay your vendors. You have yep. to be able to, um, if you're not able to pay people and pay them on time and pay them in full, you're going to get a really crappy reputation. Yep. And if you bought a machine, again, I go back to the landscaper. You bought a, not even a state-of-the-art lawn mower riding law or the one to stand behind we just you do the math and okay i can do a lawn in a third of the time with this so it's going to cost cost me this to buy but i can do three times more each day and work on paying it off but if you're not getting any accounts and you paid four thousand dollars for that machine you got the debt service on that so i just i'm a big fan of cash flow being the number one thing yeah number four uh the the fourth risk we take in starting a small business is estimating popular interest. Oh, man. There's, and, yeah. I, and I wrote this, this down as a, interest in the business, not interest on the debt and the loans. Right. And <laughs> But I'm just thinking of all of – I have – being a business coach is very interesting. Oh, because yeah. I get people coming up to me all the time, and they're like, I have this idea. Da, da, da. What do you think of this idea? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm not the ideal target market for that. So asking me whether your widget thingy is going to be successful, I'm like, not the right person to ask. Now, I can help point them in the right direction of where they should go to find out Mm -hmm. where to do their market research. But um, I think back to, you know, Steve Jobs. If he had gone around and asked everybody whether or not they wanted a a computer, they would have been like, so yeah. what? And now what can't we live without? Oh, yeah. Computers. People, so I love when people people are on their phones all day long and then the one email they don't want to acknowledge they got, they go, Oh, I didn't have my phone with me yeah, or I wasn't on no. it. And you just flat line through your teeth because I yeah, see you all looking you're at your phone all on the time. It all the time. Imagine yeah. what the friends of the Wright brothers said. <clears throat> oh yeah, those crazy kooks. Oh yeah, you're gonna die doing that. You'll never yep. get anything off the ground. Uh-huh. It And some of the people I've talked to that I've worked with, they don't worry. They find out if there's a need for their product or service because you have to. If you live somewhere where it's ice all the time, you're not going to be cutting grass, doing warm weather things and all that stuff. Just making a, a stupid, obvious yep. example. They don't worry about their competition. Your competition is the mirror. You're looking mm-hmm. at you. That's your competition. You as a realtor, as a successful realtor, you don't drive around going, man, that's a second sign of this person I get. No. You're like, what can I do today? Well, and if I see someone that's crushing it, I want to know what they're doing. Yes. I'm like, I need to talk to that person and find out what what they're, because they're doing something that's working and I want to know what that secret sauce is. Right. But you don't change your business based on your competition. You don't think, oh, my competition is in this part of town, I'm going to go somewhere else. That may be the best part of town to be in because that's where all the good homes are. So don't always worry about what your competition is doing because if you're doing well at your business, people are going to find you. Sometimes right. it's it's later rather than sooner, but if you're good, word will get out. It will. I'm a firm believer of that. So number five um, in our 10 risks that we take in starting a small business is trusting a key employee. 
that can be a spouse, mm-hmm. that can be a sibling. I know it was that way with my brother. Granted, you know, we worked together in a, in a couple of businesses, uh-huh. but I, the dude's gold. He started and running way more businesses than I have. Right. So you got lucky in taking that risk, but it was a risk. It was a risk because it was a family can, member. Because it was a family member, but the same thing can happen when you hire someone. The same oh, thing yeah. can happen um, if you don't put enough training into somebody. So... Back to reference our previous um, top 10 list podcast is that one of the things that we said is when a small business owner starts a business, they are becoming a salesperson. salesperson. And the first position that I see people want to fill when they start a small business is what? The sales job. The sales job. And who was the best at the sales job? You are. You were. So now you're putting somebody into the, the top position that's not, and if they're really good, they're going to wind up leaving you anyway. So you need to make sure that those key people, the key employees that you put in the key positions, um, share your same values. And yes, it is definitely a huge risk to get into business with someone just because they're family. And really, if you ever say just because, Run. That's yeah. bad. That's bad. We've always done yeah. it this way. Oh, my gosh. Um, side note, Scott and I were picking something for the wedding that's coming up here in just a couple of weeks. And I said, eh, I don't hate it. And I was like, wait a second. Am I going to spend money on something that's that I just like eh, don't yeah. hate? And I was like, if I ever say eh, I don't hate it. No. The answer is no. So if it's I hired them just because no. Don't hire them. What, one of my favorite responses from people is when you say something and they so they say, while I don't disagree with you, okay, then just say you agree with me. And they go, well, I don't really agree with you. Then you disagree. <laughs> I right. love those. Yeah. He's, he's splitting words, but we, we laugh about a lot of stuff like that. Don't if, if you are a small business owner and you hire people, don't expect your employees to have the buy-in on the business that you do because it's not their business. Mm-hmm. If you work 14 hours a day, don't make your employees work 14 hours a day. First of all, it'll kill your payroll. Second of mm-hmm. all, you're going to wear them out. Third yep. of all, they're going to leave you because that's not what they signed up right. for. They don't have... Now, you want them to have ownership in the business to want mm-hmm. to sell it and want it to grow, but do not expect them to work the hours in the pace that you do because they're right. not, it's not their business. Yeah. Again, think about the first business you went to work for. Did you work as hard as the owner did or the CEO did? Yes. Probably not. God, Most know, people probably not. That's my Achilles heel. Yep. Well, you're different. Yeah. <clears throat> that's why you're on here. You're different. So, but that's don't, don't in expect. In a good way. Yes. Don't expect the same thing from your employees that you're putting mm-hmm. in. It's just, it's not healthy. Number six. <laughs> oh, man. By by February 1, I'm going to be bringing in X dollars a month. Yeah. And then the, February 1 rolls around and you're not bringing that in. Yeah. that Betting on a crucial deadline, just, I feel like all I'm saying this episode is don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it. But if you are starting a small business... And there's a drop dead date for something. Um, things can happen in business. Yeah. And I've seen this so many times in real estate because I've studied it. I understand how long it takes people to get off and get started. And there's a law of averages. Now, there's always going to be outliers. Another book 
that I absolutely love, um, which is Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell, because statistics are our friends. And even with Outliers, there's a reason for that outlier. So um, in my second year in real estate, I'm on track to sell 50 homes this year. And people look at that and they go, whoa, that's crazy. You know, you're beating all these records and doing all these things. And I'm like, yeah, but I have been in the real estate industry building up um, my my brand, even though I was in the recruiting and development side of it, I still was in and around the industry. So that lengthened my my runway. Yes. So it's not that I cheated, but I kind of cheated because – uh, it's different than somebody who would come into the industry brand spanking new. You got a running had no start. Network. You do. A fair running start. I got a, a really nice running start, and I am not afraid or ashamed to tell people that that is how I got started and why I'm doing as well as I'm doing. But mm-hmm. it's when people compare themselves or say, you know, I need to make X amount of money by December 1st or I'm going to quit, yeah. and they don't realize that, if you just stuck in it for three more months, yeah. all that pipeline you built up was going to yeah. close in February. So that's really important. And one of the things we work with people on is this very thing. Let's say it's June 1 today. And your goal by June 1 of next year is, let's just say you wanted to be, in, in one year's time, you wanted to be bringing in 10000 a month. Just pick a nice even number. People stare at next June at 10,000, and you're doing yourself a disservice. Mm -hmm. You have to grow. You have to watch the growth incrementally. So goal number one is, all right, in two months, I want to be bringing in $1,000. And in four months, I want to be bringing in $2,000. Then you can see success because then within two months, if you hit the 1,000, you're like, all right, I'm on track. I'm feeling good. I'm doing something right. And then in two more months, you hit your 2,000. But if the whole time you're looking at, I'm not at 10, I'm not at 10, I'm not at 10, you think you're not doing any good, and you're killing yourself that way. You don't think you're succeeding, which you really are, right? because you're hitting realistic goals. And yep. people that used to, now that, and again, the 10,000 a month is a wonderful goal, but quit staring at it. Yep. It's not, it's kind of like circling the graduation date of your senior year in high school in September, and you circle June 2nd, that's... And it's like, um, to continue with that analogy, it would be like circling your graduation date and expecting to do all your homework yeah. the day that you graduate. Yeah. You don't get to graduation in one day. And so when you start, and let's go to college then, if you went as a freshman in college, you... you you're going to change by the time you're a senior in college. Four years, two years, whenever you went to that school. Things are going to change, and things, are, as you mentioned earlier, things are going to change in one year of business. So you need to make sure that you set realistic goals, but they're, they're, they're crucial deadlines along the way to the big deadline. Yeah. Again, when you were... Goal setting, yeah. goal planning. Yeah. Oh, so When important. you dated somebody in high school or college and they gave you an ultimatum, how did you feel about that? You probably didn't like it that much. Don't give yourself the ultimatum if I'm not here. Well, you, hang on a second. Let me back up. You can do that, but track it properly so you can... It's like the math question. Show your work. Right. I never got to it because why? Instead of saying, yes. well, I never hit 10,000 and they ask you, well, how come? I don't know. I just didn't hit it. Right. Well, in setting a crucial deadline like that, you're going to know so much sooner with a plan 
that you're either on track or off track. And when I am coaching anyone, regardless of industry, we know we know sooner rather than later if it's going to work or not. Yes, if you go four months without bringing in any money, okay, you may need to pivot, which we've talked mm-hmm. about before. Yep. But if you bring $1,000 in the first month and your goal within 12 months is to get to 10000 mm-hmm. okay, right. we're off to a good start. What did we just do? How do we replicate that? Yes. But it gives you a it gives you some success because you hit something, you hit a goal, and now you know that, you know what, I think I can do this. Instead of look, keep looking at the 10,000, it's like, nah, I'm not there yet. I'm 10, not there yet. 000. You're always going to beat yourself yeah. down. That's pocket it. change to you. So, yeah. Ah, <laughs> Gosh, I'm loving these top, these 10 lists. Yes. Um, so in our 10 series, we're focusing on um, 10 risks that we take in starting a small business. Mike and I have been here. We've done pretty much all of these. Oh, yeah. Some of these risks uh, we've excelled at. <laughs> Some have just crushed us. Um, and I would say number seven is the one that, um, is a huge risk. And I experienced this in my past business that I was running. Um, so prior to starting my own business, I was running the business of somebody else and I loved it. But as you said, I was devoting and putting in all of my own personal time and health into their business and it took its toll. I was exhausted. I gained weight. I was unhappy. And I wound up um, really in an unhealthy place. And it took me a lot of um, time to, to kind of get over how much I'd let myself get run down. And no money's worth that. No, no. And the money, it, yeah. I mean, I loved the money, yeah. but the money was not worth my my personal health. And, then and when that's you, number seven, which well, is donating yeah. your personal time and health. Um, it, when you feel that bad, you can have $2 million in the bank account if you don't feel good to go anywhere or do anything. No, no bueno. No. No bueno. Um, so, yes, personal time and health, there is such thing as having a balance. Yes. So. When I started my real estate practice, I gave myself a timeline of how many weeks I was going to allow myself to do certain things. So I knew that I needed to really ramp up on my networking and I needed to do more in the beginning. So I let the people, the person that I was dating know in advance, hey, you're not going to see me because I'm planning on going to three to four networking meetings a week. But I knew if I did that for a short period of time and made that sacrifice for a couple of weeks, I wouldn't have to do it for my entire career. Yes. And I took that that hit up front, but I knew that that was not something that I could sustain indefinitely. Right. And when my brother and I started the cleaning company, I was doing most all the cleaning so six nights a week, mm-hmm. I wasn't home till 9.30, 10, 10.30 at night. Yeah. And that takes a toll, didn't take a toll on our, our marriage because my wife's an Air Force brat. So she used to having people go, we just called it TDY. So if you're in the military, you understand what temporary duty is. But I knew I needed to hire people. Right. And that was the goal there. Yes, there's less money coming in for me, but it's a better work-life balance. All right, so number seven is a risk that you take in starting small business is the damage to your reputation. I think I have two number sevens down there. I can't count, so oh, I have two number sevens. Have two that, number then I go sevens. from ten to twelve. <laughs> wow. 
I was typing so many, I All forgot right, to read So this is 7B. 7B, yes. 7B, damage to your reputation. Um, unpack this for me. What did you mean by that? I'd, it, if you're you, I think I can say this simply. If you're you, you're not going to damage your reputation. If you are, if you're always, if you're doing the right things for the right reason, it's going to be hard to damage your reputation. Mm-hmm. Now, when you start to cut corners, hey, you know what? I'll use, again, I go back to the landscaping. I'll use this to kill the weeds, but yeah, it's going to kill some of the grass too, but it's going to kill the weeds quicker. It's cheaper, and I can do more lawns with this in a week. Mm, And all of a sudden, if if I'm the homeowner, I'm like, Trinity, all of a sudden I've got dead patches of grass in my yard. Right. Now there's I totally understand what you mean by damage to reputation. Yeah. So definitely a risk when you're starting a small business that if you are cutting corners, if Mm -hmm. you're not – providing great quality customer service. If you, um, gosh, I had um, somebody that I met with um, the other day, and there's a lot of power in meeting with people for one-on-ones because I met with this person with a one-on-one, and the very first thing that they did was start bitching about something. And I was like, ugh, this yeah. person just has a really yucky attitude, and you're talking to a business coach. Check, like, please. Nope, yep. <laughs> and I thought, you might have, you could be selling me a golden egg for a dollar, and I'm not buying diddly squat from you, buddy. Your rep, his reputation in my, in my eyes was tarnished. Yep. And, and that is so important because even when you're networking, when you're out and about, when you are interacting with your clients, with your business partners, with your referral partners, whoever it is, your reputation is everything when starting a small business. If you, if you meet with somebody and they're running somebody else down, what are they going to do with you when they meet somebody else two days from now? You're right. If people complain all the time, that's a big old red flag. Right. So I ran. Like, nope, yeah. bye. You got to. Mm-hmm. You got to. But the reputation is, are you doing, if you do the right things for the right reasons, something may happen one day. I'm not going to tell you it's not. But and if you it do, will. If you do the right mm-hmm. things for the right reason, just like in business, if you've worked for a company, there's always an employee that gets an extra pass. Usually they've earned it because they're the first one in, they work hard, they produce so if one day they're late for something, they probably won't get in a lot of trouble, whereas you would because you're always late. You, right. you earn your breaks. And I think that's kind of with the reputation uh-huh. as well, that if you're always there working hard and something small does go wrong, they'll, well, and how they're, you more likely to, right, they're more likely how to you, understand yeah, it. How yeah. you handle a bad situation speaks volumes about you as a person. Yes. And having that as a core value in a culture is really important because people love to work with companies that have good culture. If you are getting your house painted and the the company that's painting your house is a reputable quality company and they just happen to use the wrong paint on one side of the house and you didn't notice that till the next morning it was daylight, you're just kind of walking around admiring your new your house being newly painted and you call the painter and go it's gray everywhere except for bright green on right. this side of the house. And the painter goes, don't worry about it. My guys will be there within the hour. We'll paint over it. We apologize. And if they righted their own wrong, they're in my book, they're good. 
Right. They didn't argue with you saying, well, no, remember in paragraph seven, section three, you said we could use another color if we ran out of gray paint. No, if they write their own wrong, and you should, because the customer isn't always right, but they are. Right. And how much do you want to argue with them? Mm-hmm. Just fix it and move on. Yes. All right. Number eight. Yes. Yeah, I know. In that, yeah, in a certain order, it is. Yes. Um, again, we're talking about the 10 risks that we take in starting a small business. And this one is something that if you do not have a really good attorney in your pocket, you probably should. Because having a good attorney is like having a great doctor. You hope that you don't ever have to see them. But <laughs> when you do need to go see them, you want to make sure that you have a really good one. So number eight is lawsuits. It could happen. It you could. People sue people all, all the, the time. time. For Again, I... It, the lady who spilled coffee on her lap, leaving McDonald's, knowing full yeah, well it was hot coffee. Is it? So people are going to do <laughs> yes. that. Just be prepared. It may not. I did that the other day, by the way. Oh. Spilled hot coffee Why all you... over myself. It wasn't in your lap when you're pulling away, was it? Scott was driving. Okay. I. It was a stupid. It was. It was all poor communication. <laughs> oh, he hit the gas trying to get through a yellow. I could see that. <laughs> it was all my fault, yeah. but I, yeah, I did that. Yeah. But lawsuits could happen if you're in a low if you're a residential cleaner, it's less likely to happen than if you're building scaffolding around buildings and houses mm-hmm. stuff could happen. So it, just depending on what your industry you're in could lead to situations where there could be more. Yes. But just And in your industry it's very important that you know what insurance you need yes. to you need to carry. Um, having insurance is very very important for every small business. And you know, I know in the real estate industry, I have my E and O insurance, I have an umbrella policy, I have everything buttoned up and protected, so that if if somebody does come and try to sue me, my personal assets are separated yes. from my business assets, etc. So. That's something that your accountant and your attorney should sit down, talk about, and um, make sure that you have those things in in the right order. If you're a homeowner and somebody's coming into your house to do some work, ask them if they are insured. Yes. And then ask them for a copy of that (laughs) certificate. Insurance, yep. Just don't take their answer. They go, oh, sure we are. Oh, okay, good. I feel better. Right. If they fall and break their leg in your house and they have no insurance, your homeowners has to cover that. Mm-hmm. Ask them to provide you with their certificate of insurance. Just it's one of those simple lessons we try to bring to people, but insurance is very key. It is. You, you have to you have to be covered correctly, and you want to also protect your customers as well as your employees and your business and your personal holdings. Yep. All right, so number nine is security breaches. In a previous podcast, we talked all about cybersecurity. It was probably our sexiest podcast we've ever done. Um, And yes, the topic was a little drier than we would normally like, but it's so important. And I cannot stress enough how this can not only damage your reputation. So this, I mean, you have a security breach. You're now dealing with number eight. Number seven, number seven B. Um, uh, number two, sacrificing number two, personal capital. For personal capital. <laughs> yeah. So a security breach can can do so much damage to your small business, and it's a huge risk. So we talked about it could be something as simple as an employee of yours just clicking on a link. 
Yep. And the the majority, the vast majority of targets by hackers is small business owners because mm-hmm. they know, okay, they won't be protected. They won't have the firewalls. And they may just hit you up for 500 bucks. but are you willing to stop your business for the day to pay $500 to get your files, or do you want to be do you want to be protected where they can't get through? So change your passwords. Don't use password as a password. All that simple <laughs> stuff. But you mean, Mike? I shouldn't have one, two, three, four, five as my password on uh, absolutely everything. Nor should you have five, four, three, oh, two, one. Okay. I don't think the, the hackers uh-huh. yeah, they'll work either. So put put uh, punctuation. What marks. about password backwards? Ooh. I'm sure people use that because nobody will ever think of that. Yeah, no one would ever. Yeah, think of that. but use punctuation marks. Use numbers. Change them in different orders. Don't always do. Okay, the year is 2016. Here's my first name, and then put a question mark. So next yeah. time, put the question mark, then the number, then it, just do different things, or just yeah. Anyway, but we yeah. talked about that on use, previous use the, one of those password systems. Yeah. LastPass saves so much time, yeah. effort, energy. Um, definitely worth the the small investment in money to make sure that you are absolutely protected. So number ten in our list of eleven. <laughs> yes, that is us. We, we, we exceed your expectations. We, you ask for 10, we give you 11. Hey, that's all right. Yep. One of the risks that you take in starting a small business is just things that you cannot control. Acts of God. A hurricane. A hurricane. And we your live building in, gets We leveled. live here in North yeah. Carolina. And for our listeners who are not in the lovely state of North Carolina, go Wolfpack. Um, Oof. Or they live on the beach. Or they live on the beach. Or so we do. We get hurricanes. So Mm -hmm. if you have a storefront, if you have a small business, um, we just had a big hurricane blow through and Dorian. Yeah, it wasn't really, but it hit. Gosh, the Bahamas really hard. But we thought that it might hit us, and thank God we got so lucky that it did not hit us. But it could have, and it really. um, You again. If you have a small business and you don't have flood insurance, mm-hmm. your store is done. You're it, toast. But it goes back to your statement a little bit earlier. Do you have proper protection? Proper protection. So, and because acts of God, you you just can never, they're never expected. Yeah. A, um, a pipeline could bust. Right. Um, something that you and I need to talk about is a contingency plan. What if what if something happens and one of us is in a car accident? Do I'll we miss have you. do we have yeah. oh thanks. I'll miss you. But you know, key man insurance, mm-hmm. making sure that you have a contingency yep. plan set up, that all of your proper documentation is in a row. Um, you know, who has rights to the business if one of your business partners passes on. That all of those huge. things are very, very important. That is something that we yeah. have not even gotten to or talked about yet with our business because we're only a month five. But as small business owners, those are the things that are on our bucket list to knock out yep. because as much as it's like when I bought my first life insurance policy, I was 23 and I'm really glad that I did because I actually wound up getting skin cancer at 27 would have never, ever, ever thought that that was going to happen to me, oh, yeah. but it did. And how thankful was I that I'd already bought my life insurance policy? Cause I would have been in an automatic decline. Oh yes. Um, And it was the best decision I ever made because you just never know when those things are going to happen. Yeah. Just do you have a plan for something to happen that's out of your control of of, of fire? 
There was a, it was over in Fire Durham. Fire policy. Your yeah, but it was over in Durham line. and a, a gas line was ruptured yes. and it burned down. The coffee shop. Yes. Yeah. It, are you prepared for that? Do you, are you covered? Are you covered? Plain yeah. and simple. Are you covered and are your assets protected? And our second bonus, because we have just a few more minutes here, <laughs> but we do have a bonus um, number 12 in our 10 risks that we take in starting a small business. Because you know what? As business coaches, we always go the extra mile and provide yeah. a little extra yes, value. Yes, 10, we give you 12. Yeah. Yep. That should and, be our new name. And this, yep. yeah, <laughs> is... Being prepared for illness, disability, mm-hmm. or or death. Um, but if you're the primary breadwinner through the business and something happens to the business, and also there's no money coming in for three months, six months, or forever, mm-hmm. is everybody covered? Again, this is goes back covered? to insurance. What are your policies? Are you protected? So mm-hmm. please, that's the money we're spending. Not the BMW. Mm-hmm. That'll do nothing for you. Buy the insurance coverage to make sure you and your assets and your spouse and family, in obviously different order, mm-hmm. we want to make sure they're covered. But please do that. That's yeah. one of the best decisions Mike, you can make. I'm 38 years old. I started in the insurance industry. I used to train insurance agents. I kid you not, how stupid did I feel when I met with my insurance agent recently and he asked me about my umbrella policy and I said, I don't have one. So now you who has now. an umbrella? I have my umbrella policy. Very, very inexpensive. But the coverage and what it affords me mm. is peace of mind. And it's huge. Yes. So, gosh, thank goodness for having a really great insurance agent. Because I don't think that I would have gone after that or seeked it out yep. on my own. But making sure that you have proper disability coverage, a contingency plan if somebody gets sick or something happens... Um, or God forbid somebody passes away. Yeah. That's the, that's where you need to spend your money starting out and not mm-hmm. buying the stuff to look the part or, oh, I'm going to need Gucci this. handbag. Yeah, Woo. something like that. You can do without uh-huh. that for a year. You'll be good. Louboutins. We would yes. love to, uh, You if you go to our website, wiredtochange.com, shoot us a note on a risk you took to start your business. We'd love to share those on air with everybody because we all take different risks depending on what we're getting into yep. and what part of life we're in uh, so we'd, we'd love to hear what you have. You can also hit us up on our various social media platforms. We are on the Twitter. We are on the Facebook. We are on the Instagram. Um, you can also email us, info at wiredtochange.com with the number two. We will see you next time on Wired to Change.